for me, it's equal parts of thinking and doing. It's, it's a thinker-doer approach where you have to think a lot because you have to think how the future is panning out, what should be the strategy, what should be the priorities. But if you just do thinking without execution, then that becomes just, you know, just a futurist. You can, just, you can write articles. But you also then have to say, what does that mean in my actions today? What do I need to do in the company today or in my project today in terms of people, strategy, priorities? Hi, everyone. I'm Pankaj Mishra, and you are listening to the Outliers podcast. It's a podcast, a series of conversations with outliers. Today, I'm sitting down with uh, Nandan Nilekani, uh, co-founder of Infosys, uh, brain behind Aadhaar, building uh, India Stack as well. And uh, why do I think you are an outlier? There are lots of reasons. But uh, in, in my tracking of the industry and you know, even looking at you over the years. Uh, there's one thing that stood out, Nandan, is that uh, you, you bring uh, disruptors and incumbents on the same table, the same way you would bring people with differing opinions uh, together. And I, I have uh, been privy to some of those conversations. I've heard from people. So that's amazing. Uh, how do you do that? So welcome to the podcast, Nandan. Thank you. Great to be on Outliers, Bankaj. Great. Let's start from the start, Nandan, before we get into how you build things. Tell me, uh, how was it growing up for you? Where do you come from? Uh, were there things uh, in the roots that you started applying in your life? Give, give us a sense of who you are. Well, uh, for one, I'm a genuine Bangalorean in the sense I was born in Bangalore. So I was born uh, in Bangalore and I spent the first uh, few years of my life in Bangalore. And then... Uh, what happened was uh, my father had to change his job when I was 12 years old, and he had to he had a job which which did not was not uh, you know he, he had to move often because the industry he was in the textile industry which at that time was going through a lot of challenges. So he he would he, his job was he had to moving from town to town. So to to make sure that my education was not hampered, uh, I moved to Dharwad and stayed with my uncle for many years. So, so I think uh, moving out of my parents' home at a young age of 12 and sort of made me very independent and made me deal with new circumstances uh, fairly easily. Uh, and then uh, I was in Dharwad for about six years, had a wonderful time with my uncle and cousins and so on. And then I went to IIT from there, which again was a whole new experience because, uh, you know, and mostly those IIT guys were all from big cities. I was from a smaller town. So I think dealing with all this has made me very comfortable with change. Uh, so I'm quite comfortable embracing change. I'm also comfortable uh, trying out something which is not in my comfort zone. Uh, you know, very often what we do is because we become successful at doing something, we just remain in that space. But uh, when you look at some of the things I've done, I moved from Infosys to the government was a completely different environment from public to private, from Bangalore to Delhi, from running a company to doing a startup and so on or when I tried my hand at elections, or now when I've gone back to Infosys in a situation which required my presence. All these were m moving from different, uh, sort of moving into areas where one had to go beyond the comfort zone. So I think that is one thing I can do because I am not, I can deal with change, or I can, I can embrace some situation that is 
full of ambiguity. How you build things? Very open question. Uh, but I want to get under the hood and understand how you bring about things. What, you know, what, how do you cook it? What's the kitchen like? No, actually, uh, uh, it, it's there is a template of how I do build things. I mean, first of all, uh, I by nature I'm a builder. So one one of the things I realized in politics was it was more confrontation and polarizing kind of stuff. And frankly, that doesn't interest me at all. Building and creating new things is what interests me. And uh, I firstly, I look for opportunity where something has to be built and where there's enough momentum to make it happen, like Aadhaar and even UPI and so on. Second is, uh, I, I have to be in a position where I can do the building. So I need to have a role. So in the case of UIDA, I was the chairman of Aadhaar. And then I define the goals. And usually the goals that I define, I try to make it uh, quite audacious. Because audacious goals often enthuse people. So if you want to do, you know, when you want good people to come and work with you, they want to come because they think you're, you're going to make a difference. So, you know, having an audacious goal is important. And the other advantage of audacious goal is that it submerges differences in the team. You know, because for example, one of the challenges I had when I did Aadhaar was bringing together people from the best people from the government and the best people from the techno private sector. And uh, they had different personalities, different, you know, one is more hierarchical, bureaucratic, the other is more freewheeling, but not as focused on process and so on. So there were strengths and weaknesses on both sides. And my, my challenge was to bring it together and synthesize a team out of that. So now the one way, one way to do that is to have a big goal and have an urgent goal. So then you're so busy uh, trying to get to the goal that you don't have time for, you know, uh, any kind of internal disagreements. Not that we didn't have them, but I'm saying you finally agree on something because you have to move forward. So I think ha having big goals is important. Uh, then, uh, uh, you know, thinking through the whole uh, change is very important because driving change, whether it's in governments or in companies, is about changing mindsets, changing behaviors, uh, looking at the incentive structure, who is for the change, who's against the change, having allies who want the change to happen and so on and deflecting any uh, threats from those who want to block it. So, you know, understanding the sort of... So, there are a set of rules which I have, which I apply to any big new thing I do. What else uh, happens when you are building? Uh, the next stage after the idea and starting to build is, you know, managing these uh, problems, challenges, and then scale. Yeah. So, what is a scaling playbook? Well, I think the important thing I've learned is that scale cannot be an afterthought. Uh, in the sense that it's not that you try something out and then, you know, you scale it up. It's not about uh, scaling what works. As my colleague Sanjay Puri said, it's about working, it's, uh, you know, what works at scale. So you have to think from day one. So all the things that I've been involved with, uh, where scale is involved, I, we start from saying what will work at scale. So Aadhaar had to be designed for a billion people. When I, I'm, a, I'm the advisor to uh, you know, NPCI on payment innovation and policy, and I you know, help, help on the UPI thing, that was again about how do we build a platform that does billions of transactions. At each step, our goal is how do we reach 200 million children. So you know, whatever I do is about uh, at scale and thinking through scale in the beginning. And that's more important than trying some pilot and then say, okay, now let's scale this up. Mm -hmm. 
So you are not too much an MVP, uh, the whole minimum viable product. No, no, is no, that no, a different no, no, approach? No, I think that's different. I think we shouldn't confuse uh, execution sequencing with scale thinking. So you you think scale because that scale thinking opens up your mind to how to do it. But when you do it, you do it in uh, MVP type stuff. That's execution. That's not scale thinking. For example, when you look at how India built the whole set of layers, which we call the India stack, it was built over 10 years. You know, we are sitting now in 2019, uh, April. I joined the government in July 2009. So it's almost 10 years to the day since I joined the government. And over 10 years, you know, a large number of capabilities were built. You built Aadhaar, then you build the authentication capability, cash transfer capability, the EKYC, the digital signatures, uh, data empowerment, and then separately with NPCI, they build the UPI. So, so the today what you have is this uh, sophisticated layered thing, but we have to roll out Aadhaar. So, think of Aadhaar as the MVP of India stack in some sense. I, I would just take a pause and go back to Infosys building a building phase uh, because even I mean I started tracking startups a few years ago and, and a lot of people talk about institution building versus building to sell uh, the processes that were set at Infosys a lot of things they stand out what are some of the key things that went inside uh, that you can you know that stayed with you maybe yeah. what are some of those no things? no I think uh, again planning and building to scale uh, requires you to imagine what you will be someday you know, like when we were a small company in the early 90s, we said we will be a billion dollar, not a billion dollar market cap, billion dollar revenue company. And uh, everybody said, you know, it looked very difficult at that time. But we said, wh what is a billion dollar market cap, a billion dollar revenue company? Mean? What does it mean in terms of uh, which markets it operates in? What products and services it offers? How many people it may need? what kind of physical infrastructure, what kind of uh, sales distribution, what kind of marketing messaging, you know, what kind of recruitment, what kind of brand we need as a talent attractor. So the moment you set a goal which is much larger than what you are, your mind gets unlocked and then you start putting in place things which make that happen. So it's whether, you know, that one, one conclusion of that unlocking is that India would never produce enough talent to be able to meet the needs of our growth and therefore we have to invest in education and which is why, you know, more than 20 years back, Infosys set up the whole education and research facilities which today is in uh, Mysore, one of, the, one of the world largest in the world. But that was 20 years back. Today, for the next stage of Infosys, how do we change the learning and education? to be not in the classroom only, but anytime, anywhere, on your phone, in bite sizes. So that requires a new thinking. So you always have to evolve, but you always have to think about what does the future need and then work backwards. At many times, you sound like a time traveler. Time traveler. <laughs> and I say that because what you're talking about old and new, you know, you're crisscrossing, you, you, you think ahead, but then you look at Infosys, huh? you, you come back and now you're talking about 20 years ahead. It, it all sounds uh, undoable from outside. How do you compartmentalize? How do you, what are the partitions like? I, I think, you know, I, I think that, uh, I, I guess in some sense, uh, for me, it's equal parts of thinking and doing. It's, it's a thinker-doer approach where you have to think a lot because you have to think 
how the future is panning out, what should be the strategy, what should be the priorities. But if you just do thinking without execution, then that becomes just, you know, just a futurist. You can just, you can write articles. But you also then have to say, what does that mean in my actions today? What do I need to do in the company today or in my project today in terms of people, strategy, priorities? So this thinker-doer thing is something which I toggle between the two in anything I do. I think about it to make sure that I'm doing the right things and then I do them or get them done and then go back to thinking. So I, this is a thinker-doer toggle. Normally these are different people. No, I mean, there are many doers, there are many thinkers, there are many thinker-doers. So it's not that. But thinker-doers are those who think strategically and do it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm unique, there are many people who do it. But I think what makes me a little more unique is I'm a thinker-doer in public and private space. In the private space, I've done a lot of doing in terms of Infosys, many startups, my, the fundamental fund. But I also done a lot of thinking about the future of financial services and given talks and so on. So I do both thinking and doing, world is flat. That's all the thinking part. In the public sector, again, I've done thinking through my two books, one with Viral and the first book. And doing by doing Aadhaar and all. So, in, so if you draw a four by four, thinker, doer, public, private, I'm in all four quadrants. That's probably not too many people who have done that. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's, yeah, I, I get it now. In entrepreneurship, people talk about the whole entrepreneurial optimism. Like, it, But in your case, when you are thinker and doer both, how do you balance in, in a way that one doesn't become dominant in, in the sense that you are not seeing you know, the signals of whether I should be doing this or not, or when should I give it up. So how do you, how do you balance that? Because if you're too futuristic, then you lose sight of that. No, no. While I look at the future, I look at what of that future is, uh, we can go on that path today. So I'm not so much in the future that it's undoable. So no, science so fiction. Yeah, so there's all that, that one of the thinker do thinking is that it, it roots that thinking also back to today. Because what can I do today to get there? So, you know, it's all, and I do that instinctively. You, you talked about uh, your, your career, your work life as well, you know, and, and, and rightly so. You have gotten out of your comfort zones. So you said you're comfortable with change, you embrace change. How do you make these transitions? I mean, do you, do you prepare for, for them or you are thinking about them all the time? This is something which applies to people in today's career as well. You told me a couple of years ago, people should think of changing careers, not jobs. Easier said than done. What's the playbook like there? No, I don't know. Again, maybe it's got to do with my childhood. The fact that I, uh, you know, I had to leave, move out of my parents' house at the age of 12. The fact that I had to study on my own to get into IIT. All those things gave me a lot more uh, self-confidence that I could tackle something. And... Uh, uh, it is, uh, so I don't, I think just a personality trait that I, I can, also I'm, you know, I don't have a fear of failure, you know, I, I knew very well when I went into the election that I could lose this one and I did lose it. So I think uh, it's important to be able to not have fear of failure. How do you get there? Is it just, my view is what's the worst thing that will happen? You lose, that's all. No? So once you, once you imagine the worst and you are comfortable with the worst, then it, after that, it's, it's easy. Not that you manage that well, but I think because of all these things that you're talking about, uh, people think of failure because it becomes a, a stigma. Like, you know, people say, oh, okay, you failed. 
somehow it didn't happen in your case because you know so how do you when you when you come out of failure you you found a, a, a new thing to pursue and then uh, yeah the uh, one of my strengths but my wife think it's a weakness is i don't dwell on the past you know i don't keep thinking about what happened last year or something i just look forward what do i do next kind of thing so when i lost the election i said what do i do next and then i you know plunged into one is of course uh, the public spirited stuff i spirit upi kind of stuff then uh, india stack then ek step for learning and education then i started investing in startups to get a sense of what is happening in this new world of startup because i had not ever done that before because in infosys we didn't invest anywhere else and then government i didn't want to invest so virtually my investment life began only 4 5 years back so i did all that then i thought about how the change so i came up with that future of financial services presentation which was quite uh, you know the whatsapp moment yeah so i think that went viral and so on. so i did a lot of that and uh, so i became so engrossed in the new things i were doing i was doing that i didn't think neither about the government nor about uh, politics and then of course uh, uh, unexpected development was going back to infosys which was not the plan but situation arose where i had to go back when you make these decisions for example going back to infosys or doing something new what are the things you look at for doing anything new i look at whether the overall context has enough uh, basis for success is important and in some sense mm. i think the election i didn't do that computation well enough you know i i didn't analyze enough whereas when i went to government i knew that there was this big idea that there would be support it made sense similarly when i went back to infosys i knew that it was a great company and whatever it is it was not a, you know it was quite resolvable it was not such a big deal so i think i'm very comfortable uh, once i analyze it i think uh, on the election thing i probably didn't analyze it hard enough others have come to a different conclusion final couple of things how do you manage criticism how do you deal with it well i have actually become uh, my skin has gone from thin to thick quite fast because you know uh, and partly because the government experience and the political experience and the other experience has all taught me that uh, they will always be critics and uh, you you know you have to listen to them and analyze it and analyze the content of what they are saying and see if there is anything in the content which you need to take or analyze the motivation of why they are doing it and you know if the if if the if the con- either the content is not great or if the motivation is something else then i don't uh, you know i don't I, i would discount that but if if the combination of both content and motivation is right then i should take it very seriously so i use this test to judge whether i should react or not react in the sense use that feedback yeah even in social media you are there but not really reactive no i am not on social i let me tell you i don't use facebook messenger whatsapp uh, snap instagram none of these the only social media tool i use is twitter and i use twitter primarily as a broadcast mechanism so if i have to tweet 
my article or tweet a point of view or, or something, I used to it. I don't engage. I'm not in this business of engaging on Twitter. So my 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 I, I'm a firm believer that social most of social media is a waste of time. So see I have a few advantages. I'm not a cricket fan, so I, I save a lot of time. I'm not a Bollywood fan, save a lot of time. I don't really spend too much time on the minutiae of politics, which a lot of people do. You know, what happened in Bellari in 1970, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And I'm not on social media. So when if you remove these four things from your life, yeah, hell of a lot of time. Uh, I'm already feeling light. <laughs> Where we are today, the new government, no matter what government comes in, can you help set the context? Where you had this ideas for India TED talk a few years ago, I watched it. Where we are today as individuals sitting in India, what does this mean? What what lies ahead? Or for any government, what is there? No, I think India, the new government coming, whatever be the complexion of that, will have to move quickly, will have to think deep, will have to think long term and solve things in a very strategic and structural manner. I think the era of quick fixes, cosmetics is over. Unfortunately, because the uh, some of these things to be solved are so deeply encrusted, people are not able to have the patience to do it deep. And therefore, we do some quick fix. And you know, we've been doing too many quick fixes. And that's what has brought us to today. But I think the future will require deep thinking and deep, uh, deep uh, uh, reimagining of if you really want to create a better society, more equitable, you know, less poverty, more jobs. You, you can't do it with some quick fix stuff. So I do hope that they will approach it like that and not again a series of bandits. Why would someone listening to this, looking ahead in India, a next generation a student or a young professional? Uh, think of a future in India and not go somewhere else. No, India is still the best place in the world because uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's still the youngest country in the world. It's still the country which is going to grow, uh, you know, dramatically in the next 20-30 years. It's a, one of the con few countries where young people today can actually aspire for a life better than their parents, where it's not true in many countries in the West. Uh, it's a place which for all its uh, challenges is extremely exciting and interesting. So I, I would still say this is where the action is. Before I sign off, I wanted to ask you a follow-up question. I, I forgot. Uh, you, we talked about not being on social media. And a lot of people look at them as uh, tools to build networks. Now, that's something else with you, right? You, you, you've got phenomenal networks, not with the new age, but the old. You know, and you, It's like the nerve center. What is, how, how should people build networks? I don't think you need social media to build networks. So what's the offline network like? What's no, it's not, it's not offline. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's really networks are about people and connecting to people. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm able to build networks because I provide, at least I think, maybe it's my arrogance. I believe I provide value to people. So whether it's, Helping a government officer think about how to solve some education issue in their state, or whether it's a startup thinking of how they should pivot in some dimension. I think a conversation with me, they, I hope, find useful. So that way, 
because of that perception that I can actually add some contribute something to what they're doing, I I get a lot of uh, you know people reach out to me and people connect me and I also connect people. So you know, so I you know for me email is good enough for networking. <laughs> Thank you, Nandan. Great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Pankaj.